Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Renzi, and I'm on the grid. Hour two begins, and now as we throw it down with the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. We've got a lot of uh, cool stories to hit here in the second hour of the program. A couple of funny uh, stories and a couple of bizarro world stories as well. Uh, but one thing that uh, people are having a lot of fun with on Twitter over the last uh, couple of days are uh, 2020 plans. You know what? Uh, what you know? You thought 2020 was going to be, <laughs> and what 2020 is turning uh, turning out uh, to be. And shout out to our boy uh, Jesse. Uh, what up, Jesse? I'm glad you're staying safe uh, right now. <laughs> Got Cam's plans. Cam's plans. Nevada better wins 25k on $100 10 team ping pong parlay. Um, or 2020, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson win at Seminole as pro golf returns with charity skins event. You know what I love about our listeners? God, they know how to kick you while you're down, but they're good guys. It's all in good fun. But no, they're laughing with you. They're not yes, laughing yes, at you. I, I would like the money. Most, but, almost yeah, yeah. all of them had the same pick, it seems. Yeah. We just seem to like, not be able to get over it. Yeah, exactly. We can't get over it. No. Warren Moon. I asked Warren Moon once. I've had Warren Moon on the show a lot over the years, but I, so yep. I was talking to Warren Moon. I was in a bad mood, Cam. It was like on a Tuesday, and it was yeah. about NFL. Yeah. I was <laughs> crying about the Monday night. Why'd they do this, Warren? And hung him there. And, yeah. and I asked him, I said, how long did you stay mad after a loss on Sunday? And he said, until Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, uh, he said, by Wednesday, you got to let it go. Yeah. He said, yeah. Wednesday, you got to move on and prepare for the next game. Because he was talking about how Monday's the day after the game, so you're still pissed off. And then Tuesday's an off day, so you're still upset. And he goes, Wednesday, you got to move forward to, like, the next game yeah, and stuff. So the moral of the story is I got to let it go. And I couldn't <laughs> resist. I, I said, so uh, how long did it take you to get over that Buffalo Bills game? Ooh. And, uh, oh, I was, I've had him on enough that I could go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I'm still not over that game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think he goes, it'll be a lot of Wednesdays. He said something like that. Because I always bring up, hey, Warren, I'm a Bills fan, right? Yeah. And he, I said, I set the stage for him. But I thought that, uh, I thought that tweet was great from Jesse. Jesse's uh, great with the Photoshop and, and the tweets. So um, this is an interesting story, actually that's just sort of developing over the last 24 hours, uh, give or take or so. But, of course, the XFL went bankrupt, and it looks like they have a savior cab that's going to save them from bankruptcy and put the league back together, and his name is Vincent K. McMahon. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I didn't think they were shutting it down, bro. Uh, no, it, was, uh, it was a success. It was, the XFL was doing well, and he was pretty quick to shut it down. And I'm thinking, he went through all this trouble. He was playing the game like his buddy Donald Trump. No, no, we'll shut this down. They refunded all the fans. They, yeah. they screwed the creditors. And they're just going to rebuild. I don't even know how you do this, how he rebuys the league again. But word on the street is it's a true story. And in fact, they're already telling stadiums that they played in last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're coming back. Like uh, what? Like the following the following year. Next year. Obviously. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. not coming back now, now. Yeah, it's not like, oh, they're going to finish their season. Yeah. Can you imagine if they're 
America needs the XFL championship. We were halfway through the season. We need to do this. <laughs> You're right, though. That's kind of a real uh, businessman savvy move. These guys, they know well, every, trick, is always up every trick in the book. Buy it while it's cheap. They paid know? the players, though. Yeah, That's the whole they, thing. They didn't screw that. people on the way out. All right, hold on. We're going to welcome the radio crowd in here. What's kicking? Game time decisions. Radio edition continues. Hour two. Shout out to everybody tuning in right now, wherever you are listening, whatever city, town, affiliate station you are tuning in on uh, right now or watching us. Pluto, Zumo, Stir. Stir's our only channel. Doesn't sound like a planet. Um, <laughs> I am Gabriel Morenzi. We're throwing down with a raging Reddit. Cam Stewart. Going to talk. Uh, we've got a couple of interesting stories here. Something that uh, I wanted to get to earlier in the week, actually. But I guess it was fitting that we only get to it now because there's a follow-up uh, to this. Um, great, great stuff um, in Korea, of course. Their baseball is uh, back. And, you know, we know in Taiwan they put mannequin fans in the stands. Yes. Korea is a bit more serious. The yeah. Korea is a serious baseball league. They're, they, it's not quite the same. You know, they don't. it's not as loose as the Taiwanese league is. So the powers that be in Korea were not very happy when um, – when FC Seoul, <laughs> when FC Seoul uh, got hit, um, they're getting hit with a, a massive fine, $82,000, for putting sex dolls in the stands as fans. I got to be honest with you. I saw the picture. All the sex dolls look the same. They don't really differ from anything. They're very. It's almost like the same chick. I you know don't. I, mean? I got to be honest too. I don't really understand. They're not even that sex. They, they look yeah, like. But just, what's offensive about it? They're just I mannequins. Agree. That's what like, I. How saying. do you know they're sex dolls unless you're hanging with a sex doll? Like, and they just so what? It's fans with hair. They're chicks with hair. That's exactly it. They were in regular clothes. They know they had masks on. Yeah, and it's not like their breasts were hanging out that says I or a tattoo. I'm a sex yeah, doll. Yeah, it's not like they I had like baseball. a chick like bent <laughs> over and like over <laughs> the rail and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. I love FC Seoul. Yeah, they seem you know, they seem to be overreacting a little bit here. I agree they? with you. When you when I saw that story, I go, these are not sex dolls; they're mannequins. And uh, as a lawyer, I think we can win this case very easily. They don't look anything like sex dolls. And you're right; they're dressed up. They're wearing masks. Like there is nothing about those ladies that says sex dolls. I wasn't I'm offended. Sorry. I'm not offended at all. The club has twenty dolls, some of which were dressed in the team's colors. Other held placards supporting the team. Yeah. What's wait, the wait, problem? I agree with you 100%. Well, I don't like, what, how do you even know they're sex dolls? They're mannequins. Yeah, I agree, Gabe. I, there was no, um, or, uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want to get in trouble, but yeah, you, know exactly. where I'm, you know where I'm going from. There was no skin. There was no uh, stuff. So let's just uh, call it out for what it is. Yes, they were, they were, they were mannequin fans. And there's That's another it. really weird story that we got to get to on the other side of this about a, an alleged sexual uh, harassment that went on on an airplane between two NFL players and flight attendants. Yeah. Except the flight attendants are the ones being accused of doing the harassing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time to sit in the continues. I am Game of Reds, and we're throwing it down with a raging redhead cam. Stewart, check us out uh, weekdays at 6 on SB Nation uh, Radio. And, of course, at SportsGrid, SportsGrid.com, Pluto TV, Zumo TV, Stir TV, and a million other uh, platforms and mediums. So uh, we teased you with an interesting story 
about it's developing uh, right now in, in a lawsuit. An active NFL player says he was sexually harassed and assaulted mm. during the United Airlines flight. And it's like, Whoa, what, what, what's this? About? <laughs> Ooh, what, 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 when, how'd you get in the building? Uh, so an unnamed NFL player is suing. And of course, of course, and our boy Puccio will get a laugh out of this. I'm telling you, Ken, you know, like anytime something really crazy happens in America, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Florida, right? Yep. You can sort of guess what state it is. Yep. I'm telling you, any weird airport story and strange something happening, something really bizarre, like, wow, Newark. I'm telling you, Newark International Airport is a hot spot for strangeness, okay? <laughs> so an unnamed NFL player is suing United Airlines, alleging he was sexually harassed, assaulted, and uh, violated by a female passenger on a February flight from Los Angeles to Newark. And that the airline failed to properly respond uh, to complaints. Uh, the civil suit filed... All right, I was under the impression that a flight attendant was harassing him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he's saying the flight attendants didn't stop a woman from harassing him. Oh, okay, I see, yes. Yeah, so he says, in a civil suit filed in Los Angeles Superior, uh, Superior Court, uh, speaks unspecified punitive damages from the airline for allowing it to happen. According to the lawsuit, the player and another passenger in the same row made four complaints to flight attendants that the woman was making unwanted sexual advances before she was moved to a different seat. The two men are suing United lawsuit because the airline refused to give them the name of the woman, a flight attendants, and potential witnesses uh, did not cooperate uh, with the complaint uh, when they landed after. According to the lawsuit, the men uh, uh, alerted flight attendants that there was a woman being disruptive and belligerent and appeared to be intoxicated. They notified the flight attendants again when a woman made sexual advances, oh no, uh, made sexual <laughs> advances toward the NFL player. Massaging his knees and thighs. More than an hour into the flight, the woman's advances intensified as she allegedly grabbed and groped his uh, his uh, his jockstrap yeah. area. <laughs> jockstrap area. The jewels, yeah, yeah. And jockstrap. Family, family program, right? Yeah, that's right. Jockstrap. Yeah. Says that the flight attendants did nothing. Wow. Ah, <laughs> said uh, they, they, the woman moved, but she kept on harassing them, and uh, the flight attendants uh, didn't stop. They thought it was funny at first. I'm telling you right now, and let's just cut right to the chase, Ken. This the, woman that did this, the woman that did this wasn't hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to cut right no, to no, the no, chase. No, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just going like, to cut to the chase. Like, yeah. If there's some super hot chick and she's drunk and she's caressing your leg on a plane, 72% of men are going to be, you know, probably in a mile high club in a bathroom or you know, say a higher least, percentile. Yeah. 72%. So higher percentile. But <laughs> well, some people are happily married. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, or even, hey, listen, I'm flattered, baby. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I can't. You know, I'm going to chill I out. I got the miss. The fact that he was, like, offended and complaining. You're an NFL player, too. What do you mean you got assaulted? Yeah. How, how can a woman sexually assault you? You're a grown man on a plane. It's a great point. Yeah. I, I, don't want, I know we're going down the road. Oh, there's, you know, it goes both. I get it. I, I don't want to be a jerk, but I'm just being real. Yeah. I'm just telling everyone tuning in right now that this chick was not hot. Because if she was hot, there's no way in hell people would be complaining about a hot chick groping people. Yeah, no, you bring up excellent points. No, no, it's an interesting thing. Who's that guy, uh, Big 
muscular guy. He's one of the most Terry Crews. Didn't he get uh, some? I think he had something yeah. going on with some girl, like she was assaulting me or like touching me and stuff like that. I guess it works both ways, like you know what I mean. But I'm with you. If, yeah, I know, but let's, let's just be let's be real. Yeah, if the girl's beautiful, they're probably rolling with the punches. Let's I, be real, and I don't know if this is politically incorrect or correct or whatever, but I'm just being real here. It almost upsets me when I see all these stories of these hot teachers having sex with students. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's a dream of mine that when I, I know, was- No, it's almost like, I know like you know, people are like, oh, you guys can't yeah. shit. Like, whatever, oh, man, real. Video, man. Like, when like, I was in school, none of my teachers were hot. Oh, like, no. not one of them. I, I never had one I, hot I, teacher had, in my life. I had one really hot teacher. You know what she actually ended up doing? Banging a student and marrying him afterwards. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> That's fact. <laughs> it was true love after all. Yeah, you're right though. Most were not uh, the, the kind you want to sleep with. Like I'm telling you, like, uh, like out of all my teachers, I do not remember. Like, I remember there was like one woman like in grade five or six, you know, that I think she was all right. And I think the gym teacher was doing her. Actually <laughs> happens that way. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> She was like the one, she was sort of a MILF type teacher. Like, but I don't know, I was in grade five. Maybe she wasn't hot. I don't know, I mean, it was so long ago. Um, it, it's funny, like, I don't even remember my teachers all that well. I, I remember one dude, you know, he was a great teacher. He was drunk all the time. Yeah, yeah, gave, a lot gave, of gave you a beat no matter what you did. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, now that we're older, I'm like starting to see some of the teacher's behavior. I'm like, you know, we always thought he's a little bit weird. Like, this guy's definitely on drugs. He's going out for, like, the four-martini lunch. You could tell all these things that are happening. Well, like I got Dominic Cruz said about the UFC referee. Yeah, he was drunk. I smelled alcohol and tobacco. The thing was, nobody else complained about it. So that that's where that story is going. And this lawsuit, I got to believe, is going nowhere. You know, the, the referee, um, Keith Patterson, had a lot of fun with it, though, actually. Uh, <laughs> he, he was uh, refing the next card after. That's right. That's right. He actually tweeted in between fights once, time for a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had some fun with it. Quick uh, UFC news, actually. Um, Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan moving to a Spotify, getting $100 million, man. Oh, my God. Wow. I remember when he was just a bit guy on that news radio show. Yeah, yes. news radio with Phil Hartman and very uh, good show. Phil Hartman was the best on that oh, show. Phil, uh, it's actually I watched a documentary on Phil uh, on Phil Hartman. Crazy, it's crazy. It's actually pretty realistic about how radio is too. Like it actually, WKRP is like the the radio show of all radio shows, but news radio was pretty accurate actually. It was very good, very well done. Like for yeah, a normal was, news station yeah, type place. Yeah. Guy. News guys are a bit of a jerk, you know, everybody else. You got the spaz kid in there. That's Andy Dick. You got other people. It's funny, Gabe. Phil, Phil Hartman, you know where he's born? You know where he's born? Uh, Stratford, Great. Ontario. Wayne, Wayne Gretzky, Bradford, Ontario. I was pretty close. Yeah, hey, anything with Stratford, Bradford? Yeah, like you almost get the... Is that uh, nuts? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. he's from the same town as Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Yes, yes. Pretty crazy that you're from a little town. And you're as big as Phil Hartman was, and you're not even like close to being the most famous person from that town. Yeah, it was a crazy documentary too. Like the way they ended it on Saturday Night Live, it was him and Chris Farley. Both of them passed away really quickly. There was a lot of like weird parallels. Oh, Phil Hartman got shot by his wife. Oh yeah, his wife was absolutely insane. Like yeah, yeah, it's, it was crazy, man. Crazy, he, crazy. He, he was a funny guy. Of course, he's Lionel Hutz. Yeah, he's the he's the voice. Yeah, notice that after the Simpsons. Troy McClure. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You yeah, might right. remember me from such films as. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> octopus. Yeah, he's got eight uh, eight arms. That's yeah, Troy McClure, you had the you had the fish problem, right? Right. Yeah, yeah he was addicted. Since, ever since the fish incident. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He married Selma, but he really loved. Yeah, he had a sexual fish <laughs> incident that it ever referenced. No one knows. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> ever since that incident with the fish, you know. <laughs> it was too good. No, Troy noticed, McClure. They give him a lot of credit too. Like that character after those episodes, nobody else could play. Those guys, if you oh, know, no, no, no. Them, yeah, they're not on the show in the newer seasons. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're bouncing around a little bit. So yeah, Joe Rogan yeah. gets hundred million dollars. Uh, John Jones not going to get hundred million dollars, but John Jones looking for a big payday uh, right now. John Jones has left so much money on the table over the years. He's not getting any younger, and he's the greatest fighter ever. But he's coming closer to losing and stuff. Exactly. And he needs money. He wants to make money. And he's run, you know, he runs the table through the weight class. He's been doing it for years. And he's kind of bored almost, needs that challenge. Plus, he wants a big payday. He's willing to fight uh, Francis Nagano. That's a bad decision on going, going up to heavyweight to fight Francis Nagano. And he's thrown it out there before, all fight anyone at heavyweight, but he's never backed it up. He put his name on it. He tweeted at Nagano and at the UFC send me the papers. He said, let's make a deal. He said, send me the deal. I'll do this. And and he even said, I'm looking for a big payday right about right now. But you're also could get a big punch in the face. But we'll hit this on the other side. Game time decisions continues. NFL suspension, though. Yeah, I think the minimum now is three games. Uh, if you look at the new collective bargaining agreement, but you know, you take a look at the most recent case, and Chris Herndon in the Jets was suspended four games, had some property damage, there was an accident, um, but it happened in June of 2018, and the suspension wasn't uh, levied until the first four games of 2019. So I don't know if this is going to be very, uh, you know, uh, uh, immediate. I think this could be something that you know gets. Uh, forced down the line, but yeah, it's going to hurt him. But Hey, like you said, the bills have made a lot of moves and a lot of those moves have been on the defensive line. The depth on that defensive line is unbelievable at, at all, like three or four positions on that defensive line. So I think they will be all right to, to kind of figure things out in the, in the interim. Yeah, that's right. They're including their, their second round. Uh, or was it their second round pick? I guess it was their first pick uh, at the time, right? With, yeah. uh, with AJ. Yeah. Their second round, but with the, their first uh, pick, Stock in the defensive line. And listen, sometimes, look, we all make mistakes, right? I mean, every, everybody makes mistakes in their lives. I made mistakes at Buffalo Bills games, all right? I've been in that uh, cell in the stadium. I'm, I'm not proud to admit, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, we've all, we've all made uh, lapses in judgment. And I was older than Ed Oliver was at the time uh, as well. It wasn't my fault. I was set up, but that, that's another story. <laughs> and it was harmless, like, just for the record. Put it this way, dude. You know the bathroom lines there and stuff. I basically went to the bathroom somewhere I shouldn't have. And, ah, gotcha. Uh, I took a leak against this tree, and they literally had, like, a sting going on, bro. Like, basically, it was, like, this little hill. And <laughs> I turned around. I was, like, ding, right away. And they got, like, 40 of us. It was basically, like, it was kind of like the drunk guy's first place to go. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, where am I going to go? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyways, we've all made mistakes. Uh, but... You know, for, for the Buffalo Bills, as I talked about earlier, you know, we are front runners right now. We, there, are, there are expectations of us right now, and we have to live up to those expectations and and not get into trouble and be focused on football. And what do you think about this, Matt? I've noticed 
football players, and I, I took something that you said about while we're in this pandemic and everyone's handling it in a different way right now, seems like football players are sort of the most flippant about this. You know, Dak Prescott and his party, football players working out together all the time. Fine, you want to throw a football, but you're arm in arm. And, you know, they're almost defiant about it. And it's interesting to me because they're, as athletes, are more vulnerable of this than baseball players are. You know, you think it's a good thing. How, how good is it for these linemen to be playing in this in, in a situation like this? Uh, from players you talked about, are any players actually worried about their safety? Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. I am Gabriel Renzi throwing it down with a raging redhead, Cam Stewart. We were just talking about John Jones uh, going into the last uh, break. I want to continue the conversation a little bit, fighting uh, potentially fighting against Francis Naganu, who we just saw nearly murder somebody uh, last week. Jarazino, I think, is still uh, passed out right now. Imagine how that guy's head must hurt. Yeah, after yeah. Getting, like clipped, like first with like a a, a left cross. And then, boom, he took like six, seven, just sort of right on the side of the skull before they stopped it for whatever reason. A lot of slow stoppages in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's a great call. Lots of slow stoppages. Lots of blood. Yeah, it was like the vampire diary. That's why we got screwed in the Walt Harris fight, Ken, because a lot of refs would have stopped it. He was chilling over him. Yeah, no, don't worry, Gabe. Whatever we have, if 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 something good was going to happen, no, we'll we'll just lose. That's just the way it goes. Anyway, I'm going to say this: be careful what you wish for. Uh, Nagano's a killer. And John Jones, as you said, I see the regression there. And I'll tell you something. If he gets clipped, he's not going to wake up. Uh, I know you want to get a paycheck, but that's a guy I'd be very, very, very careful who you want to fight. Because that guy, he can end it real quick. He's scary. Thing is, John Jones, John Jones is a better fighter. Yes, than he is. is right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yep. He's more agile. He's more well-rounded. He's but, smarter. The only thing is, Jones is in... Like he's done. Like as you stated, there's no. I don't care. I don't care if you're John Jones. You're not a natural heavyweight. And Francis Ngannou literally could put his fist through a brick wall. Yes, he like, can. He set the Guinness Book of World Records, guys. Like the strongest punch ever recorded. Mm-hmm. The guy is like a menace to society. Like, <laughs> dude. Like he swung four times at Jarazino and he missed. Like he tried, dude. He did this like overhand type thing that really probably would have killed him. Like, he swings, and it's the thing that people talk about, though, Cam. Nagano swings wildly still, you know. Yeah, he, does. Yeah, he does. It's not that compact. It's getting better, but he's nowhere near as refined as John Jones is. But if John Jones gets hit, and hit, hit, he's going to sleep. Like, he yes. will not be able to not get knocked down by that. That is exactly my point. Jones could do a lot of things, and that's the thing. He's a smarter fighter. He's been around the game. He knows every trick in the book. But, Gabe, you know it. Once you get into the octagon, if you get clipped, that's the last guy that you want to get clipped from because his 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 face will be spaghetti. It'll be over, man, because that guy hits. He, he is so tough. It's getting real right now. John Jones is beginning to smack talk. Yeah, here There's we go. There's no turning back now. John Jones says, you, you ain't scaring anybody. I'll expose you. Uh, Alistair Overeem, uh, old Reem. Reem's excited for the fight. <laughs> exactly. Reem said, ooh, this will be a mega fight. Uh, Alistair Overeem, who does Overeem think is going to win? Uh, John Jones, Francis Ngannou have been there beefing on social media. Overeem tells Ariel Hawani, I've been seeing that online. I love the idea from two of them. I love it. I think, uh, I definitely think John can beat him. Interesting. Interesting. 
So all, I know what the odds are, Cam. I know what the odds are. I don't believe you do know what the no, odds are. No, I don't. Are. I have no clue. Can I guess? Who do you want to take, and what what are you looking at? Like, I, I want to take Naganu. I, I I'm so sick of John Jones ripping everybody all the time. Like it's getting really annoying. John Jones will be minus two twenty. I think the line is going to surprise you, buddy. What is it? Francis Naganu minus one fifty. Are you kidding me? John Jones is a plus one thirty favorite. I spoke to somebody behind the scenes that's uh, pretty big in this industry, and they told me that the second that this becomes real, they're going to hammer John Jones. They As think the, John Jones. They he's think the this underdog? Is, I heard from, I, John Jones is plus 130. I heard from someone in the betting business, basically, in MMA, that this is the worst line in the history of lines, basically. What would you have made the line? Jones should be minus even 160, 180? I don't know, man. It's it's so tough, right? He's going up to heavyweight. I don't know. Man. I would have made John Jones. I would I would have made John Jones. Yeah, minus minus one fifty. Minus one thirty. Minus one. Yeah. Okay. So slight slight favorite. But if you made John Jones minus one, I was just thinking from the odds. I'm not like guys tuning in right now. I'm thinking as an odds maker. I'm not thinking what yeah. I think, right? Yeah. But if they posted, either way, it's it's weird. They're going to get hit either way hard on this, Ken. If they make John Jones minus 175, 200 favorite, people yeah. will be running to the window to take the heavyweight Nagano. Give me yeah. Nagano at plus yeah. 150. You make Nagano the big favorite, people okay. are going to be like, oh, my God, I'm getting John Jones as an underdog. Yes. Right? And they're going to run to the window. They've got to find that right number um, to get people to want to bet both sides of this, I think at this number. I, so you're you you say Naganu right now, but is that with your heart? Because you want to see John Jones get clipped? It's with it's with my heart. Yeah, and even though we met him before, Gabe, and you you had him as your guest in Montreal, a lot of things have changed from them. Like Jones has just you know become a guy that's always kicking people while they're down, like the Anthony Anthony Smith thing. It's just well, he's a jerk. Karma's interesting, man, and it'll bite you in a weird way. And this is a fight, sure, Jones. You said it. If you look at all the categories, he 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 has the edge, except for power. And one thing is, though, in a fight, Jones going up to that weight and taking a clean shot from him, that'll be the end of him. It's all about Naganu connecting, and uh, if he does, the party's over. It's very simple. Jones well, won't be able to take that punishment. Naganu fired off a tweet to uh, to John Jones of a picture of him. Kind of looking like uh, it's like an action shot. <laughs> He's looking kind of like, let's go type thing. John Jones says, first, you can save the rest of your uh, your tongue pictures for your other homies. And yes, I'm still here. Just waking up from watching that Derek Lewis fight again. You ain't scaring nobody. I saw your heart. You're a big mouse. I'll expose you. Okay. Wow. A big mouse. Uh, a big mouse. <laughs> and uh, Naganu's bringing it. Naganu's like, yeah, I've watched some tapes too, and he's got tapes of John Jones getting cracked by people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, the UFC needs this fight. They do. We need something that doesn't involve Conor McGregor and his stupidity. You know what I mean? Like, and I hate the fake smack talk, and Conor will run his mouth and call people terrorists and stuff, and then when he's getting his ass handed to him in the cage, oh, it's just business, man. Why are you being so personal about it? This is real. Yeah. Like John Jones is not a likable guy. And Nuganu 
is not the type of guy that's going to get smack talked by anybody. Can I agree? And like if you if you're Nagano, yeah, I've lost before, but I'm not like I will murder you, like I will just murder you if I punch you. So I think Nagano will take his chance. And I'll tell you, Jones Jones has more to lose here, because yeah, Nagano will get mocked a bit if he loses, but not really. John Jones, the greatest fighter of all time. But the thing is, John Jones can't physically hurt Nagano in the same way yeah. that Jones could get really hurt. Yes. Like, if Nagano cracked him three, four times, Jones, you're in a lot of trouble, bro. Jones is probably going to have to win by some form of, uh, of submission. Let's remember this, too, Gabe. Uh, years and years and years ago, we went to the UFC event uh, in Toronto with Lisa for her birthday, and it was uh, Gustafson who fought Jones. Jones could have lost that fight, and that was years and years and years ago that I remember. Gustafson and him, they killed. They basically both killed each other. A classic, classic fight. Think about how long ago that was, how many close calls he's had from them. I'm telling you, man, you talk about it. Age waits for no one. He's slipping a bit. This is a very, very difficult opponent, man. Very difficult opponent. I'd be very excited uh, for this fight. Looking yes. like it really would be a mega fight. I agree. I you agree. Know, because, you know, what makes a mega fight is two big names. Uh, John Jones a bigger name than Nagano, but Nagano's yeah. knocked out his last four opponents in, like, you know, less than three minutes type of deal, whatever the hell it is. He's yeah. destroying people again. He's on a run since he fought for the belt and lost... Listen, he lost two fights in a row. He did. So he lost to Derek Lewis. That's why, again, was, uh, you know, that's what uh, Jones was talking about. He fought Myosik for the title. He wasn't quite ready for a title run. Again, he got thrown in there. He's a little bit more well-rounded now. But like I said, John Jones is a better fighter. Yes. Uh, the question is, we saw with OSP. OSP weighed 205, Cam. He went up to 240. Yeah. Didn't he was work. very stiff. Like, he was yeah. moving slow. He wasn't he himself. Looked- he looked winded, like early in the fight. He's kind of like lingering, and Rothwell's kind of he, he he came to came to life at the end of the fight, but it was too late. That's the thing. Yeah, OSP. That uh, I'll tell you. No, it's it, it's it's tough, Gabe. You know what it's like, man. When you put on weight like that, when you're a bigger man, things are a lot harder to do, and and uh, and you will lose some quickness. You will lose some of that stuff. So it's not that easy. If he wants to move up, uh, I'll be betting on Nagano. It's not just a heart play. I think uh, Jones will lose this fight. So John Jones is six foot four. Cuts weight down to make uh, make 205. Probably weighs about 225 or so, I would say, in real life. You know, two, two, uh, 225, in between 222 and 227 or whatever. Yeah. And would probably bulk up in the same way that OSP ended up at, right? About 240 with the muscle and everything. Mm-hmm. It's always dangerous, though, if you fight for the first time. Listen, we had Gamblu on our podcast, and Gamblu uh, at Gamblu.com, great uh, MMA handicapper, and he brought up a good point. He said that if John Jones just goes up to heavyweight and fights Nagano without a fight first, he'll get killed. Yeah. If he goes up to heavyweight, fights somebody and stays it, you know what I mean? Builds his body up. You know what I mean? You can't just sort of lift weights, Cam, and get stronger. You'll look stronger, but you're not going to be thick stronger. Like, nope. you're thicker than me. Like, I can lift weights, but you're thicker. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. like the muscle won't put you through. I remember, I I, you know who said that? Brock Lesnar said that to Frank Mir. Because I remember Mir got pushed around a little bit once, and Mir hit the gym, and he came back. And Brock was like, you wasted your time, bro. <laughs> uh, he said, just because you lifted the weights, you're still not as strong as me. Exactly. And Mir said, well, I am, because I, I lift. That's how it works. He goes, nah, you're not naturally thick like I am. And Lesnar was right about that. You can't just lift weights to get big and strong. No, you can't. No, you can't. And uh, I agree with Gamble wholeheartedly. 
uh, going up to that weight and not knowing these things. And that's the, that's not the guy you want to fight when you do something like that. I agree. So maybe so you, he will. You, you know what Nagano is, Ken? What? Six foot five, five, 261 pounds. Thank you. Thank you. And he's been. And he ain't Roy Nelson, bro. This guy's ripped. That's what I'm saying. He's been working at that weight for a while, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's used to his poundage. It's a big difference, man. Big difference. I'll bet, bet Nagano. It would be a, that really would be a mega, mega, <laughs> mega, mega, mega fight. Uh, Gaethje and Khabib could be coming up actually in wow. September. Khabib's uh, got to worry well. about his dad. Very, uh, horrible very news. Coronavirus looks like it's going to uh, claim Khabib's uh, father in a medically induced coma uh, right now. Our thoughts uh, with uh, Khabib's family in this difficult time. Game time decision continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Barretts. We're throwing down a raging redhead, Cam Stewart. We're just talking about uh, Michael Jordan not being the uh, the nicest guy, and sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for, and you meet meet somebody you look up to, <laughs> and uh, they might not be the person uh, that you want. Now that movie, that movie with Patton Oswalt, Scotty Farrell is actually the talk show host. That, that's right. That's right. Uh, right. Was it uh, the fan or the big uh, fan? Yeah, yeah, that movie was. Big fan. Great movie. Um, oh, awesome movie where he's a diehard New York Giant fan. The guy lives for the New York Giants. And he's out one night, and he sees, he sees like, the Lawrence Taylor of the Giants. It's yeah. sort of like uh, the star linebacker, but he's doing rails. And <laughs> he follows him to a strip club. All right? So he's like, oh, my God. There's the, that's, that's the, they're the players. So he goes to a strip club. And he sits there and he's watching them and stuff and they're partying and he's in awe, right? He's not a stalker. He's just yeah. like this massive fan. So he's just happy to be in the same strip club yeah. with the New York Giants and he thinks it's great. And he goes up to their table. Biggest mistake of his life. Oh, big time, yep. And he goes up and Buddy looks up and he's like, man, didn't I see you like a few miles? Like, he's like, you're following me. And he's like, no, no, I'm not following you. I'm a big fan. And within a minute or two, man, he gets the living snot kicked out of him. And the player gets suspended. And he ruins the giant season. Yeah, that's right. He's like the biggest fan. Yet he gets, he gets assaulted by a player. And, you know, I got to be honest. I've never really been fully heartbroken before uh, by somebody that's an idol of mine. And I've met pretty I've met a lot of people. But I have been told F off by people that I've liked. Me too. But it, it didn't break my heart in a sense. No, no just you know disappointing. I mean? like, it didn't break, didn't break no, my heart. Like, whatever. Um, you know, like I said, I was a big Dodger fan. So I tell you, a lot of those Dodgers are jerks. Like, uh, they are. Um, Davey Lopes was the second baseman. He became the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers and stuff. He literally told me F off. F off's a big word for baseball players. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. These guys are such big phonies, though. Sammy Sosa was like the biggest phony. I remember I covered baseball in those days. Like I was on the field in the batting cage and stuff. And 
Sosa would be like really, really like mean looking and stuff. But the second a camera would come on, you'd go into his fake smile. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, back in Toronto. Joe Carter was known for that. Uh, Joe Carter. He hated everybody story. when the camera was on. Hey, everybody. Hey, kids. Yeah, yeah. Joe <laughs> Carter. Jake, Joe Carter like refuses to do interviews at his own charity events. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then you get the camera on him, and he's all smiling. Hey, how you doing? Hey, oh, Rod, like that. Jeter, <laughs> come on, man. Like a lot, a lot of these guys uh, are like that, but. I haven't had like a story. Like, you know what? I got into, uh, I nearly got into a fight with the band Soundgarden once. Wow. Yeah. I got, you know, actually, you know what? I got into a uh, fight with the band Cinderella too, but they're not idols of mine, so it's different. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've fought with a lot of famous people, actually. I've, 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 got, I've got quite a few uh, stories like that, but um, I know someone who's, um, they look up to Reggie Jackson. And they met Reggie Jackson in like a, a restaurant bar. It wasn't like a bar nightclub, but it was sort of like a upscale bar restaurant type thing. And Jackson like wasn't eating dinner with his family or anything like that. Reggie Jackson was sort of like having a drink at the bar type of thing. And before Buddy could even get out, hey, Reggie, I'm a fan. Reggie had him like in a chokehold camp. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I told you the story about my girlfriend too. My girlfriend, she gets uh, lit up on the plane, and uh, she's on a plane with uh, Tito Ortiz. So she's like, "Hey, Tito, oh, Chuck." Ch yeah, she goes, "Chuck Liddell's gonna kick your ass." The guy's like, "What? Who the hell's this chick?" Right? He's getting all mad. He's like, "Oh yeah, hey, how's your how's your woman? How's your, like, good good porno star? Like she's just like losing it. Like for no reason. It was Tito Ortiz move seats or didn't? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he goes, "Get this woman. You either remove her from the plane or get her like away from my." So set. you just took the side of the NFL guys. So now I'm almost believing like these NFL guys are getting harassed on a plane for real. <laughs> I admit, I go, honey, like, did he start it with you? She goes, no, it was all me. Like, I was drunk, and I was just stirring up crap with the Tito Ortiz. Was, he was freaking out. His entourage was laughing because, the like, she's coming at this guy, and he, he was losing it, losing it. The best is, too, your girlfriend, uh, Gets best is your girlfriend getting along with uh, with Billy Smith. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Billy Smith. New York, uh, New York Islander, legendary goalie, like, one of the most dirty players in the history of the NHL. And... It's funny because people and our boy Puccio said, oh, I'd like to see like a, a documentary series on like Wayne Gretzky. And I said, yeah, there's not much there, whatever. Talented kid. And what do we go on? It's kind of a boring guy. But it's funny, the perspective. If you live in Toronto and you go to the Gretzky, there's a bar called Gretzky's. It's yeah, his bar. And she, lives, bar across, she lives across the street from And him. when you're there, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dude. We get it, Wayne. Like you're taking a leak and it's unbelievable, Puccio. Like, you know. At the urinals, they have video and stuff. Yeah. Story. And you can't escape the audio. Yeah. So it's replaying. Gretzky scores. It's on a loop. It's Oilers on a loop. Win. Yeah. yeah. We beat the Islanders. And leak. It's like, yeah. yeah, I get it. You won, bro. You know, you know every what I mean? story it's a that they play. And I'll tell you. So, so, <laughs> Puccio, go, yeah, 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 I'll tell you the story. So my girlfriend's in there. She's getting wasted with a couple guys, right? A couple guys that she knows and from Gretzky work. Gretzky never goes there either. No, so he never like, goes there. <laughs> And then she walks out to the room and there's like a bunch of people and stuff. She goes, is anybody else in this damn place getting sick and tired of these weird Gretzky stories or whatever? Who in here's got a pair, right? And Billy said, he goes, I'm getting sick and tired of these stories. She goes, who the hell are you? You got some stones. He goes, 
my name's Billy Smith. She's like, who the hell's Billy Smith, right? So her friends are like, oh, he's the goaltender for the New York Islanders. Then I start to think, so they end up talking and stuff like that. But Gabe, the, the, the point that I wanted to make was, why was Billy Smith a, a guy that hates Wayne Gretzky partying in his restaurant? <laughs> it was the best. There's, no, there's not a lot of places to go yeah, in that area. I guess, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? But Billy, Billy Smith actually beat Wayne Gretzky, too. He did, he did. He has that on him. You know what? They're like the Islanders. Actually, you know, if you want to put it in that context of the last dance and everything, the Islanders were like the Pistons to the Oilers. Yes. Except they only beat them once. You know what I mean? But basically what happened, like the Islanders won four cups in a row, right? Uh, yeah. So they they won, the, was it five? No, it was four. So yeah. um, they won the, the, the four in a row and uh, they beat the Islanders in a sweep. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders beat the Oilers in a sweep. My uncle was on the team. Nice, nice. Yeah, he was on the Oilers. Yeah, yeah, he was on the Oilers, my uncle. In the Stanley Cup Finals, they got swept. And then the Oilers went on to win five straight cups after Cam, and they, my uncle got traded the midseason the next year. What a... That's... <laughs> dude, the bad beats run in the family. He's going to get a... Really, and and then he, dude, he was on the team for like three years. He was on the Nordiques. He, he was on the Oilers when they came in the NHL. Yeah. He was there for the whole growing up with Gretzky until they won the cup. He got traded at like in February of the year they won the cup to the St. Louis Blues. To the Blues? They were horrible back. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, can you man. imagine like the luck of that? It's like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, I get traded like from the Stanley Cup, no parade, no. Get this though, the Oilers, they always felt bad. They hooked yeah. him up. He became a strength and conditioning coach of the Cape Breton Oilers, which yeah. is their AHL team. <laughs> The American Hockey League team. Yeah, but Gretzky, yeah. Gretzky is cool, Poochie. I will tell you one thing. He came out with this new whiskey, and my girlfriend was writing a story. So it's like all early in the morning, and then the LCBO, and Wainer's like, hey, everybody, I know I have a popular wine, and now I got a whiskey. He's like, hey, who wants to come up and try? And everyone, like all the media, they're just sitting there. Nuh, nuh. My girlfriend's like, I'll come up with you, Wainer. I'll have one. And they like, go back. <laughs> he goes back and with Wainer's like, yeah, cheers. Like, all the other media's like, oh, they're drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning. She's like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, Wainer, Wainer, actually, Wainer's a good guy, but no, he's really, his, I ran into his father all the time. Like, if you ever go to the restaurant, he's always Walter, having a cup yeah. of coffee. Walter Gretzky's the nicest man you'll ever meet. He's no, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's a nice guy. Just for people, if you're wondering, like we were talking about Jordan being a jerk. I've never met Michael Jordan before, though. Me neither. I've never met Michael. I've never met LeBron. No. I've been around LeBron. Like, I've been close. Like, where, oh, LeBron's right there type of thing. But he had people around him and stuff. And um, I chirped. I chirped him as a fan. Yeah, <laughs> you hey, LeBron. <laughs> I did the old F the Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> outside the arena, Cam. Yeah, right. I was like, hey, LeBron, F the Cavs. I didn't say F you, LeBron, but I was like, F the Cavs, go Raps. Like, yeah. Go Raps. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not sucking up to him. I'm not sucking up to him. So, speaking of stars here, you know what we were talking about that is, uh, is Tom Brady, yeah. actually. Tom Brady, not nice guy in real life as well. Nice guy, Even no. Patriot fans have told me. That um, that like they've been there. They see him with kids at practice and stuff. He just pretends he doesn't hear you. He doesn't. He doesn't interact with people. Like he, I don't know him personally. You know, his father has come on my show. And listen, I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan, but you get you can tell, dude. Like even the father's the same way. Very, they, they're like Jordan. Very thin skin. Anything you ever said about him, it's always going to be remembered and stuff like that. 
But you're talking about Gretzky. At least Gretzky's just pimping wine and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize how deep Tom Brady was into the um, into the supplement scene. Oh yeah, he's almost got like a it's, he's got like a vitamin shop on like TB like supplements or something, Cam. Except it's not just one thing. Like he's venturing into sort of like infomercial sort of. Hey guys, how do how do I keep my skin clear like this? Yeah. I take these tablets. Kind of like Romo. twelve tablets. Romanowski and the fish oil. Yeah, Romo will just Romo's pimping stuff. Yeah. For money, Brady's yeah. actually making it and selling it. Wow. He's selling this stuff called immunity right now, which is like it's kind of in bad taste. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so yeah. he's sort of assuming that you know you get immunity. Like I said, it's people are kind of raising their eyebrows here about this, Adam, wondering like, bro. You already made like over two hundred million dollars in your career. Yeah. Why are you pimping supplements like this? Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know. Well, why why are you pimping supplements uh, like this? All right. There was a story I wanted to get to. Actually, I saw it over at ESPN. Uh, David Perdue does a great job. Um, uh, does a great job of uh, covering the gambling scene, and with nothing going on, people are like digging down deep and going into history here. And they had a story about the worst team in the history of the National Football League, uh, ATS-wise. And it happens to be the worst team in the history of the National Football League, the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who went um, 0-14 straight up, Cam. Yep. 2-10-2 against the spread. <laughs> they actually covered twice. Wow. The old ball coach was their quarterback, too, right? Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Yeah, yeah. and great. of course, John McKay is the famous line. They asked John McKay after the game, what did you think of the uh, the execution of the offense? He said, I'm all for it. <laughs> That's a great line. I remember when Tampa Bay and Seattle first came into the league, and I was like, Seattle fan? You knew the Bucks were going to suck. Like, it was the Hall of Fame game, and Seattle beat them like 42 nothing. Like, an expansion team against another. I was like, what the hell? Like, Tampa Bay was just... Dude, I remember awful. when I was a kid, man, it was like the biggest deal ever. The Bucs made the playoffs. I know. <laughs> and it was pouring rain. Doug Williams was their quarterback. Yep. Like, that's it. I remember, like, I'm old enough to see that it was like, wow, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think people realize, like, how bad they were and what they came from. Oh, it's like, so true. Like, they were all in, like, dude, they won. They actually lost an NFL record. I believe it was 26 games off the top of my head. Dude, they lost 14 games in, in in 76. They lost like the next 12 the following year. Yeah, they were. Just- I think they lost 26 consecutive NFL football games. And I tell you what, though, they might have been the worst team maybe in the history of sports. They might have the coolest uniform. Oh, ever the musical pirate! I love it. Bring hey, them bring back. It back. I agree. I don't want Brady to succeed with Tampa Bay because they had Steve DeBerg and Williams and all the old guys there. Like, I, that's the thing. I like Tampa Bay. Here, the Buccaneers are winning the Super Bowl. They yeah. can't stop. Right. Now, Gronk is there now, too. It really upsets me. I was all on the Buccaneer bandwagon. Me, too. Me, I was like, too. the Bucs this year, they're going to be a sleeper. I wanted them to keep Jameis Winston, though. So and I. they would have been a sleeper, and they would have won 10 games this year. Now you're going to have a target on your back. And I don't know. I don't know if you're going to win 10 games. People are just assuming, oh, everything's going to fall into place. We'll see. Game time decisions continue. We'll wrap it up on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
We've got a couple of minutes left uh, here. We just brought up the uh, the worst ATS records in the history of the league. I'm actually surprised, though, that someone, like, only covered once or something like that. So 1976, the Buccaneers, the 1980, uh, we talked about the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers went 2-10-2 uh, against the spread. Uh, the 1980 Pittsburgh Steelers, 3-13. and Oh, yeah. Uh, that was that. That was after the end of the dynasty. Three and thirteen. This was the good old days. I like these days. Nineteen eighty-one. The New England Patriots were three and thirteen. Oh, yeah. Hey, Dick McPherson, your team sucks. Yeah. Remember in the old days? That was when the commercial. I liked the team so much, I bought them. Yeah. Remember the uh, guy with the shame? Yeah, no, no, Remington, Victor Kayam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My razor's so good, I decided it's, to yeah, buy the team. That was the thing, like. He had the razor. This crazy is called Gillette after. I don't know what it was with razors in this stadium. Because they have no correlation, but that's it. The Kion guy, he bought Remington. Remington. Remember, and he was shaving in a commercial, and he goes, I like Remington so much, I bought the company. Yeah, it's exactly. like a rich old guy with white hair. That's I bought the that, company. And then there was a thing. I like the team so much, I bought the team. <laughs> and they were terrible. Were John Stevens was, a, I felt sorry for him. Good running back on a bad team. The most famous thing the Patriots were known for in the old days was uh, they had a guy that was in jail that got out on the weekend uh, probation working at the stadium, and they plowed the snow. They cleared, like, a stretch so they could kick a field goal. Yeah. Uh, that was, like, the biggest uh, thing in Patriots history. The Ravens in 2007, 3-13 against the spread. 2011 Rams, 3-13 against the spread. 2012 Eagles, 3-13 against the spread. 2014. They had a bad stretch in there. Bengals, 3-12. Colts 312 and one, Raiders 312 and one. You had a Cowboys in 1997. They were horrible. 312 and one. Yeah. Wow. They went six and ten in Barry Switzer's last year. I don't even recall that they were that bad. Yeah, they went six and ten. 312 and one. You know why they were they were six and ten or three twelve and one against the spread? Because they were the Cowboys. Uh, therefore, they were uh, they were hyped and they were laying points uh, too much. So, um, so we will have sports uh, back, guys. There's a lot of uh, details to be worked out in baseball, but we're pretty optimistic about the NBA. There's a push right now to get the players back into the practice facilities. We talked about it earlier in the program. The fact that the NBA has been pretty quiet for the last five, six days leads me to believe they're actually working on things. And there's not really a resistance, actually, from the players. It was just sort of, how are we doing this? Give us the plan, and we'll show up and do it. Um, there's logistics to work out. We'll talk NASCAR, the match, and more. Other than that, you're on your own. We'll see you Friday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.